Welcome to Full Circle with Jerry Bryant. It's the classic Jesus music radio show. It's a look back at where it all began. This is Full Circle, looking back at the beginnings of today's contemporary Christian music. Now, Now, here's your host, Jerry Bryant. Hi everybody, this is Jerry Bryant. Welcome to another edition of Full Circle, the classic Jesus music radio show, taking you back to where it all began. Now on this episode, you'll be hearing from John Michael Talbot, who recently stopped by Nashville for a three-day seminar and concert series that he was giving. And John took some time out of his busy schedule to talk with me about his music and how God has radically changed his life. But before we get into all of that, I thought we'll just start off with a song from John's first post-conversion album that he and his brother Terry did, simply called The Talbot Brothers. It was renamed Reborn a year later when it came out on the Sparrow label. Looking back to 1974, John Michael and Terry Talbot with their testimonial song entitled, Hear You Calling. Oh, I hear you calling me. I hear you calling in the weeping of the willow tree at dawn. Jesus, how I believe in you. Can't keep from crying when I think of all the pain you knew for so long. stand beside you You know I will always keep your light a-growing in my The Talbot Brothers on Full Circle. And my special guest is John Michael Talbot. Born on May 8th of 1954 into a Methodist family with a musical background in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. He started learning to play the guitar at an early age, and by the time he was 15 years old, he had dropped out of school and was performing as a guitarist for Mason Prophet, a country folk rock band formed with his older brother Terry. During this time, John embarked on a spiritual journey. 
that led him through Native American religion, Buddhism, then to Christianity. At this point, he and his brother Terry joined the Jesus Movement, recording the album Reborn, which we just heard from. I can remember when I started my Jesus Solid Rock radio show. Back in 1972, I didn't have a lot of albums to work with, so if I heard an album that really spoke to my spirit, I would play tracks from that particular record week after week. So I asked John about that album, and specifically about the song we just heard, Hear You Calling. This is Full Circle. I had come back to Christ in 1971. Mason Prophet didn't break up until 72. So I did a couple of records with Mason Prophet as a Christian. Terry, my older brother, who was really the leader of the band, was toying with it, but only toying with it. And finally, he really accepted Christ, and, and the band was starting to kind of implode just because we all had different musical tastes. Some guys wanted to do jazz, some wanted to do hard rock, some wanted to do folk, and some wanted to do blues. So uh, we broke up, and we did, Mace, or we did the Talbot Brothers. That particular record uh, was interesting because we had uh, Russ Kunkel and Leland Sklar play, and they were from James Taylor's backup group, The Section, and we had met them at a club in Boston and asked them to play. And on those particular recording sessions, we also got some of the guys from the Scruggs Review to come over and play because they were playing at the Troubadour in L.A. and we were recording at the record plant, which was just right down the street. So they would do their set and then they'd come over and, and play. And we, we just had a lot of fun. Bill Halverson, who was Crosby Stills Nash producer, he was our producer. He had done the last Mason Prophet record with Warner Brothers, so he, he was doing that. And I remember that recording session is just a lot of fun. It was quick. I think it, I think we did all the basics in about four or five days. It didn't take long, and it was really live. It would be me and Terry playing acoustic guitars, um, Bruce Kerno, the Creeper from Mason Prophet, doing keyboards, Leland Sklar on bass, and Russ Kunkel on drums, and we did all our basics live. We did Trail of Tears was the first cut, uh, which is my favorite song on the record and it was the first track we cut and I seem to remember that we did hear you calling towards the front of the session uh, over that was towards the end and I didn't even know I wrote it and I didn't even know whether I wanted to use it and we just kind of threw it on uh, and we didn't particularly like the cut so if you listen to it you'll notice that the track is sped up just ever so slightly because it drug <laughs> so they sped it up After the release of Reborn, John and Terry would musically go their separate ways, each becoming solo artists in their own right on Billy Ray Hearn's new label, Sparrow Records. The first release that John put out on the label was a self-titled effort that had a variety of styles that can hardly be found on any one album in this day and age. John was experimenting with blues, rock, folk, country, and ballads. He even composed a full-on musical suite that lasted just over 12 and a half minutes. Now, one of the songs on the album that had a lasting impact on me and so many others was called Would You Crucify Him, which also found a spot on a musical that his brother Terry had written called Firewind, which we featured back on episode 117 of Full Circle. <laughs> 
Now, it's centered on the events within the first couple of chapters in the book of Acts. So John talked about that song in particular, some of the responses that he received from others concerning the track. Yeah, as a matter of fact, they just took the recording from the solo album and used it on a Christian musical that my brother had written. So yeah, that that was me kind of using the folk genre and the genre of asking a question without answering it. So you just ask a question, would you crucify him? And Billy Ray Hearn used to always laugh. He'd say, you take your prophetic bony finger and point it at me, John Michael. And I'd say, well, I'm not really pointing, I'm just asking. Uh, So songs like Would You Crucify Him and things like that, uh, I really enjoyed them. I still think they're a good genre. I still think it's a, you know, the folk idiom is a very uh, baptizable idiom because it's a message-oriented music. And so, yeah, that's where that came from. Sometimes in the cool of the evening The truth comes like a lover through the wind Sometimes when my thoughts have gone misleading She'll ask that same old question once again Can you be now so self-righteous When in the name of the Lord you throw the first stone Would you crucify him? Now would you crucify him, my religious friend? Talking about the sweet Lord Jesus If he'd walk right here among you once again prayers, say your pleas in the Lord, profess the marriage with your tongue, but your mind dreams like the harlot, but if the judge looks to your thoughts, can't you guess your reward, but yet how many times 
Have you quoted from your Bible to justify Your eye for your eye and your tooth for your tooth You say that he didn't mean What he was plainly saying But like the Pharisee My friend, you're an educated fool And somehow I think they'd crucify him I think they'd crucify him My religious friend Him. Talking about the sweet Lord Jesus If he'd walk right here among you once again Now would you crucify him Talking about the sweet Lord Jesus If he'd walk right here among you once again My special guest, John Michael Talbot, Would You Crucify Him, from his first self-titled album back in 1976. And as I said, that song also found its way on the Firewind musical soundtrack, which was written by his brother Terry. Now, another contributor to that project was Jamie Owens Collins, who also has a musical tie to my feature artist. John had helped her out on her second album called Growing Pains. I recently wrote Jamie and asked her about those days recording that album. And she wrote me back and said, John played acoustic guitar throughout the album. He was on all the basic tracks, as were Keith Green on piano, Leland Scalar on bass, and Mike Bard on drums. Later, Al Perkins on steel and electric guitars, Michael Omardian on synthesizers and string arrangements, Rick Vito on guitars, and maybe some Dobro. She said, I don't remember specifically if John did any of the guitar solos, but I'm sure he did. All of the instrumental tracking was done at Mama Joe's in North Hollywood with Jonathan David Brown Engineering. John and Terry Talbot, as well as myself, did all the background vocals on the album together up at Buck Herring's in-home studio in Rio Nido, California, up north on the Russian River. Our vocal booth was a bathroom laundry room. And I did all my leads in there, too. Fun days. Well, as you can tell from that letter from Jamie Owens Collins, it certainly was a different time for Christian music in regards to how albums were made on a shoestring budget. On the positive side, though, it was more ministry-minded and not as concerned with the business side of things as I can attest to personally from my years involved promoting concerts and, of course, the early Jesus Solid Rock radio show that was heard on over 100 stations from coast to coast. And now from the album Growing Pains, a song that she wrote with a good friend, Matthew Ward, from the second chapter of Acts. Looking back to 1975, Jamie Owens Collins with Singing Hallelujah. So hard to find when I'm back. 
singing hallelujah, Jamie Owens Collins on Full Circle, taking you back to where it all began. We've been talking with our special guest, John Michael Talbot. And we now come to a tumultuous time in John's life that would make a lasting impact on the rest of his spiritual walk with Christ, partly due to many months of the year apart from his wife and daughter with Mason Prophet in the early 70s, and his time on the road in ministry with his brother Terry. John's marriage came to an end in 1977. His spiritual journey continued during this time, and after studying all Christian denominations, he found that Catholicism spoke most to his heart. It wasn't just some vague yearning, he recalls. I saw a life in Christ, in harmony, and in peace. Inspired by the life of St. Francis of Assisi, John began studying at a Franciscan center in Indianapolis, where he became a Roman Catholic in 1978. He immersed himself in church history and monastic lifestyle. It was during this time that he started a house of prayer called the Little Portion. A few years later, John moved the Little Portion to Eureka Springs, Arkansas, on land that he had purchased during his Mason Prophet days. And there he founded his own fellowship called the Brothers and Sisters of Charity at Little Portion Hermitage as an integrated monastic community with celibate brothers and sisters, singles, and families. Now, if you'd like to know more about this transformation in his life, John's whole story can be found in the book Signatures, the story of John Michael Talbot. In 1979, The Lord's Supper was the first album he recorded after this dramatic change in his life. It was a beautiful worship-oriented work, lyrically based on scripture, that was actually cutting edge for the time, much like the Firewind Project that his brother had done some years earlier. Of all the songs on the album, one of the most redemptive songs for John personally and for myself as well, along with the whole body of Christ, was called, We Shall Stand Forgiven. Now, when I talk to John about how the message of that song plays a part in his concerts, even to this day, here's his recollections on the first time he was forgiven way back in the early 70s. When I do these missions now, you know, I, I joke around. We spend a lot of time laughing. Because I think especially in a time like we're in today where there are so many grave issues, people need to laugh because it brings people together. It brings Democrats and Republicans and left-wing and right-wing. It brings us together. But one thing I say is, how many of you have ever sinned? <laughs> and usually I walk over to the local pastor and I say, come on, pastor, get your hand up. And uh, then I ask him, how many of you have ever been forgiven? And, of course, everybody's hand goes up. And to be forgiven is, well, it's, it was the experience that brought me to Christ. I didn't understand the cross. I didn't understand the blood atonement. That all was stuff that came later. All I knew was, was Jesus loved me, that he was my answer for my search for God, who are you? A he, a she, or an it, I don't care, I just want to know. And that my sins were forgiven. And that point in my young life, my sins were starting to stack up because I was in rock and roll. Now, God kept me. I never did drugs. Never really slept around that much. I was promiscuous, but not grossly so. Uh, got drunk twice. 
But man, I was all around this stuff, and my ego was definitely in control. And uh, so my sins were starting to stack up, and when I felt I had been forgiven, it was pretty, it was a showstopper.
John Michael Talbot with We Shall Stand Forgiven from the 1979 album The Lord's Supper, a concept album inspired by the Catholic Mass. Hey, this is Larry Norman, and you're listening to Full Circle with Jerry Bryant. This is Jerry Bryant, and from time to time, I I just take a pause to give you my mailing address. I'd really like to hear from you. And we do need your support on this radio broadcast as we're trying to reach around the world through the Internet with contemporary Christian music of the early 70s and 80s. And back then we called it Jesus music because it was all about Jesus. If you'd like to support us or get in touch with us, go to my website, www.fullcirclejesusmusic.com. Now, don't leave out the Jesus. That's fullcirclejesusmusic.com. And if you do a little exploring, you can see some of my past pictures and archives. There's a PayPal button and so many other ways that you can get in touch with us here at Full Circle. Thanks so very much. This is Jerry Bryant. Now, one of the things that set apart those early Jesus music musicians from their secular counterparts was the sense of family, since they were all part of the body of Christ. And one of the things you saw back then, musicians helping each other out on their various albums. One of those early mentors for John and his brother Terry, coming out of the secular music world and heading into the whole Jesus music scene, was Larry Norman. Yeah, I mean, Larry Norman was a a great aid to us, even during the tour where you met us, Jerry, uh, with with the reconstituted Mason Prophet. I can remember uh, Larry meeting up with us out in in Colorado and just kind of familiarizing us with the lay of the land of what was going on in Jesus music and what we had to do and what we could expect. He was really, really helpful. I think you said in your book, signatures that Larry was actually quite kind to you. Oh, very kind. Uh, Larry Norman, I found him to be, you know, a lot of people say a lot of bad things about Larry, but that was not my experience. My experience of Larry Norman was that he was a very joyful and a very supportive uh, older brother, kind of helping us do this. I, I never liked his records. I listened to his records and I went, I don't get what all this is about. Until I went Terry and I opened up for Larry in Cleveland, and we went out and did our set, and it was good, you know, and and then I watched Larry take an audience and hold him in the palm of his hand for two straight hours, standing there with a classical guitar that he didn't play very well, standing on one of his feet. And I went, whoa, the guy was what he was because he was good. So I really appreciated his live presentation probably more than I appreciated his recordings. Um, but that's the only time I ever saw him live. The, my, the rest of my encounter with Larry Norman was behind the scenes and personal and him really kind of mentoring us. So, so Larry did that. Um, he was kind of mentoring Randy Stonehill at the same time and we got together and, and played with Randy quite a bit. And then uh, 
Billy Ray Hearn became the real musical mentor for me. Um, and we met at a festival in Colorado Springs with Robbie Marshall with Road Home Productions. And something else you may not be aware of is that John played banjo on Larry's album In Another Land. So let's take a look back to the year of 1976 on Larry's own Solid Rock Records label with the song 666. And I'll be back with more of the life and music of our special guest, John Michael Talbot, on Full Circle with Jerry Bryant. In the midst of the war, he offered us peace. He came like a lover from out of the east with the face of an angel and the heart of a beast. His intentions were 666. He walked up to the temple with gold in his hand, and he bought off the priests and propositioned the land, and the world was his harlot and laid in the sand. While the band played 666 Hey everyone, this is John Michael Talbot, and we're taking you back where it all began, on Full Circle with Jerry Bryant. Hey, thanks for listening. This is Jerry Bryant, and we're back with a look at the life and music of my special guest, John Michael Talbot. Now, one thing to note about his albums is that they were the first, by a Catholic artist, to cross well-defined boundaries and gain acceptance by Protestant listeners. Due to his expansive popularity, John was the recipient of several prestigious awards. He won the Dove Award in 1982 for Worship Album of the Year for the album Light Eternal with producer and longtime friend Phil Perkins. And he also became one of only nine artists 
who received the President's Merit Award from the National Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences. And in 1988, John was named the number one Christian artist by Billboard magazine. Now looking back to 1982, as a way of commemorating the 800th year of the Franciscan Order, John Michael Talbot released a double record concept album called Troubadour of the Great King. He took the favorite scriptures and prayers of St. Francis of Assisi and set them to music, preserving that same gentle spirit of honor and praise to the Lord Jesus Christ, which inspired this man of God. The title of our feature track from this album came from the 1972 film Brother Sun, Sister Moon, directed by Franco Zeffirelli, who would later go on to make the epic Jesus of Nazareth in 1977. The film is a biopic of St. Francis of Assisi, the spoiled son of a wealthy merchant. And following his return from the war, he renounces all his worldly possessions to live an ascetic and simple life as a man of God and nature. Much to the dismay of his family, friends, and the local bishop, Francis gradually gains a large following amongst the poor and the suffering. The sister moon in the song is about Claire, a young woman also of a wealthy family who serves and cares for the lepers of the community. Francis is inspired by her example, and in return, after his community forms, she comes to join the brothers in their life of poverty. Here's John Michael Talbot with some more personal reflections on St. Francis of Assisi. Well, that was obviously St. Francis of Assisi. Uh, Francis was one of the first Catholic saints that caught my attention, and he catapulted me into understanding and appreciating the whole monastic heritage of both the East and the Western expressions of Christianity. But, uh, you know, Francis, uh, God bless him, I mean, still to this day, when, when Benedict doesn't get me excited and when Athanasius doesn't get me excited and, and you know, I could go on and on. Even Seraphim of Serov, the, the Russian St. Francis, doesn't, Francis of Assisi will say, man, I can follow Jesus and not hold anything back. That's what saints are for. They're supposed to say, hey, you know, I did it, you can do it too. You know, um, if I can get this radical for Christ, you can too. And all of the things that you bring up as excuses why you can't do it, well, I had all those same excuses. So don't be afraid. Come on, man. Cast the net out into deep waters. Don't, don't hang back. So, um, you know, t- to me, Francis uh, is just a really, really pivotal saint as an example of how to follow Jesus more radically. Ironically, you know, Francis was so Catholic. I mean, just Catholic to the core. But every Christian I know of gets excited about Francis of Assisi. And, and by the way, so do Hindus and Buddhists and all kinds of folks. Why? I think it, there's, this, there's this simple response to Christ that is just so appealing. With the simplicity and reverence that John Michael Talbot brought to Jesus' music, here's Brother Sun and Sister Moon. Brother Sun Sister moon, sister stars shine day and night. 
them shine beautiful radiant splendor of light brother sun and sister moon heaven and earth proclaim God's glory all praise be yours most high God brother wind and brother air fair and storm all weathers move Flowers and healing herbs, heavenly grace floats through you. Father, Son, and Sister, This is John Michael Talbot inviting you to worship and bow down to the King of Kings on Full Circle with Jerry Bryant. Welcome back to our special look at the life and music of John Michael Talbot. In addition to his 53 albums and 24 books, John's also worked on a number of other artist projects, as we have heard earlier on in the show. 
Now, one other group that John has had a small hand in is the trio of Albrecht, Rowley, and Moore. We go back to the year of 1976 and some musings from Scott Rowley on how he first met up with John. Full circle. What happened with us is that uh, the same man who was managing the Talbot brothers, John Michael Talbot and his brother Terry, had come out of a Warner Brothers band called Mason Prophet. And this is like the early 70s, mid-70s. And they were converted. Billy Ray Hearn was starting a brand new label called Sparrow Records. And he started with the Talbot brothers. And we, because we had the same manager, he put us in front of the Talbot. So we would open up, the trio would open up for them, and then we would play in their band. And so Billy Ray took a chance with us and gave us a record deal as a result of, um, of res- as a result of those, uh, that connection with our management. And um, the, the early albums, the, the first record, Gently Flowing Feeling, um, though it wasn't on Sparrow, led to this subsidiary called Spirit Records, which Sparrow began to um, uh, distribute. And then the second record, uh, Starlighter, was on the Sparrow label. As a result of the friendship made from touring with the Talbot Brothers, John played on the trio's first album called Gently Flowing Feeling. He lent his talents on the banjo, dobro, and acoustic guitar. And on my feature track, he takes the acoustic guitar lead on the bridge of the song. Looking back to 1978, with some great pedal steel guitar work from Al Perkins, here's Albrecht, Rowley, and more. Times when I wished I were dead There've been times when I wished I were far ahead in my life But leading me through Is the light of the peace inside your eyes shining through And always at the end of the day When the sun does its magic on the lake I can see so easily Just something of your promise in store for me And it's you I always want to be near To help me fight off the fear To let me see where I'm going And you know that it's you Up in the morning sky Directing center stage Just by a simple smile Lead me through Don't let yourself be frightened By the thunder and the storm And you can never see where Relief is coming from Just like an Indian summer Or an unexpected desert rain And there's no doubt that he'll be Mistakes. 
Albrick, Rowley, and more. With my special guest, John Michael Talbot on lead acoustic guitar on the Eagles Band influence song called Lead Me Through. This is Jerry Bryant, and on this episode of Full Circle, I've been sharing an interview with my friend, John Michael Talbot. And even though he and his brother Terry went in different musical and theological directions, They both remain friends, recording several more albums together in the early 80s. The first of those two albums was called The Painter, which was released in 1980 and featured the London Chamber Orchestra. So I thought I'd close out the show in the same way we began it with a song from both of the brothers. Now here's John Michael Talbot speaking of the themes within the album and then my feature song, The Mystery, on Full Circle taking you back to where it all began. Yeah, well, I mean, every religion worth its weight and salt teaches certain objective truths about faith, about morality. Truth be known, most religions agree on a whole lot more than they disagree on. Uh, But every great religion makes the jump to mystery. And the way that jump is made is through paradox or embracing what seem to be contradictions. So you'll find wealth in divesting yourself of possessions. You'll find uh, freedom in being obedient. You'll find communion in being solitary. You'll, you'll proclaim when you learn how to be silent. And of course, the greatest one is you will live when you die to yourself. So every, you know, the Buddha taught that, Lao Tzu taught that, uh, Sufis teach that, Kabbalah teaches that, the Greek philosophers taught that, Native Americans taught that, Jesus taught that. What makes Christianity unique is Jesus not only teaches it, he not only points to it, but he becomes it. He is, he doesn't teach the way, the truth, and the life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No other, no other religion has a founder that died and rose. So nobody else has done that. So Jesus becomes the paradox. So mystery in the early church became the heart. You know, there was great preaching, there was singing, there was community, there was care for the poor, there were all these things. You see it in Acts 2. But very quickly, you see Clement of Rome, Ignatius of Antioch, uh, you hear it in Justin Martyr, you know, just really quick. Suddenly the Eucharist becomes what they do on Sunday. Well, why? 
What's a sacrament? What's the word sacrament mean? It means sacred mystery. So in other words, we're going to sing, we're going to preach, we're going to pray, but now we're going to enter into a reality that's bigger than what I can describe. It's bigger than what I can sing. It simply is. And we're going to celebrate this thing called a sacrament. It's a mystery. Jesus is the sacrament of sacraments. He is the mystery of mysteries. He takes all of the great mystics, and and I've studied all the world religions, but Jesus becomes the mystery of mysteries, the paradox of paradoxes. See, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, that that's a Roman emperor title, by the way. Um, if he was in India, he'd be the guru of gurus, I guess, or the bodhisattva of bodhisattva. I don't know. But, you know, you can, you can take that on and on, see. I guess here in America, we call him the president of presidents. You know, he's better than Obama or Romney. So, you know, that's, uh, that's mystery. That's mystery. It all happens through mystery. So when, when Christians don't break through to mystery, what we end up doing, whether we know it or not, is in the name of grace, we end up falling back under the law because we're still doing rules instead of entering into the mystery which fulfills all the rules by grace. Thanks, John. Thanks for being on the show. And just to fill you in on what he's been doing since those early days of the Jesus Movement, John remarried in 1989 to Viola Pratka, a member of the Brothers and Sisters of Charity, at the Little Portion Hermitage that he founded 10 years earlier. After a successful career with Sparrow Records, John Michael founded his own label in 1992 called Troubadour for the Lord. Today he's recognized as Catholic music's most popular artist with over 4 million sales and compositions published in hymnals throughout the world. His newest album, Worship and Bow Down, is the 53rd album in his 37 years in Christian music. One other note. When a fire devastated John Michael's monastery in April of 2008, he began a new format of itinerant music ministry traveling from parish to parish. And just as it took time to rebuild after this tragedy, John had a revelation that it takes more than a few hours in a church to make any significant change. So now he'll spend three days to start the process of rebuilding God's church, one parish at a time, one city at a time, and renewing hearts, one life at a time. Servants will come to be kings. Are you looking for? And you know that the sweet paradox is unfold, and the mystery will clearly show. And you know, and you know, Jesus will be finding the mystery of our life. Jesus will be finding the mystery of our life. Jesus will be finding. And we know you are the master painters, a man, the true prince of peace. And we know you are the true creator, a man, the king of peace. 
The Mystery, John Michael and Terry Talbot on Full Circle with Jerry Bryant. And I do hope you've enjoyed this episode as I looked into the life of one of the pioneers of early Jesus music. If you've enjoyed the show, would you take time and let me know? You can go to my website and find my email address. Go to www.fullcirclejesusmusic.com. That's fullcirclejesusmusic.com. You can also register to receive this program free as a download through the iTunes Store when you go to www.fullcirclejesusmusic.com. Check out the archives of some of our past shows and interviews, as well as so many other things at the website. We need your help and your support. This is a listener-supported radio program, and we're waiting for that to come in, and then we can produce the next show. Until then, we wait and we pray because we're depending on Him to use you. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, keep your eyes to the sky. Let your light shine. This is Jerry Bryant. Full Circle is recorded in the Jesus Solid Rock Studios in Nashville, Tennessee. Written by Russell Baum and engineered by Jeff Kane. Full Circle is a JSR production. This is Full Circle.